0: Hello and welcome to Breaking Ground on Property Radio with myself, Carol Talon, the show where we chat to industry experts to get a view on what's happening on the ground and about new trends emerging within the industry. This show is brought to you in partnership with Place Engage, a data-driven platform for more successful public consultation and community engagement for your next development project. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Mary Whitney, Director of Education for Futurecast. Mary, you're very welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks a million for having me, Carol. I'm delighted. Um, Mary, Futurecast, for anybody who is not familiar, what is Futurecast? So
1: Futurecast is a not-for-profit organisation funded by Enterprise Ireland and our remit is to work with the construction and quarry industries by providing training programmes and promoting disruptive technologies and innovation. Excellent. And so what kind of projects are you involved in at the moment? So we have a 3D construction printer project and we've rolled out education programs in conjunction with Hardcore Technologies and allowed me DTB. But we also work with companies looking at their own infrastructure and seeing where digitalization and automation might uh, help them out, I suppose, and, and, and where we could uh, look at rolling those out with them.
0: Very good. And um, this is so timely for the industry right now. And just for anybody listening in, our show producer, Katie, actually attended the one day uh 3D concrete printing course and loved it and she wrote a little bit about it so actually if anybody has an interest in that they can find it on the iProperty Radio website because part of her attending was to go and and almost demystify some of these technologies um, that are being rolled out in the industry and really to show people that construction is not what you think it is. So for those considering not just a career, you know, maybe coming from school or third level, but also those maybe in another industry now at mid-level uh, in their career, that, you know, construction is definitely an appealing industry and it can be such an interesting and varied career. And I suppose the main message coming from the industry right now is construction is not what you think it is. um, And it's definitely worth a, a second look. Um, so, Mary, you're involved in a really interesting project at the moment, and one, dare I say, I I, I don't want to say moving a boulder uphill, but it's certainly a challenge. Um, you know, looking at diversity and inclusion within the the construction industry. You might just tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, so Futurecast are working on a European project with some European partners, It's Erasmus Plus funded, and this project looks to um, engage more women in the construction industry by providing a toolkit for vocational educational practitioners Okay, on, I suppose, the most up-to-date information and an awareness piece about barriers uh, for women entering the industry, but also drivers for change. How can we change this? And also um, providing, I suppose, a toolkit on how you might create your own gender action plan. So this kind of um, positive reinforcement and positive um, conditions to enable and to allow women to flourish in the industry. Um, It's a really interesting project. We're kind of at the kind of mid-stage, I would say. We're putting together a toolkit that's going through a kind of testing phase phase at the moment. Um, And when that's complete, we'll be uploading that onto our open education resource platform.
0: There's a huge amount there to unpack in, in what you've said there. I, so I appreciate that the project is kind of midway through. But in terms of your reach research so far, I mean, particularly when you talk about barriers for women coming into the industry, you know, what are what have your studies shown you so far? What's the research telling you? So the research
1: is really indicating that um women need to see more visible role models within the industry. So visibility is coming up as a common theme throughout the research. And I suppose, you know, if you can't see it, you can't believe it. It's like people are talking currently about Katie Taylor and being the inspirational role model that she is. And that's fantastic. And that's what kind of needs to happen in construction. We need to see more women at the forefront to allow people to say, oh, you know what, I can actually be a project manager or, an architect or, you know, a labourer or whatever it is that you want to do within the industry. And like the, the really cool thing about construction is the diversity of roles within the industry. So hence, I think it needs a, a diverse uh, group of actors uh, in the industry as well to kind of fill
0: all, all of those roles. That's that's such a great point. Uh, we had the opportunity recently to interview Kate Fahey who is a, a young crane driver uh, quite new into the industry and um, she's come in straight from school and it was really interesting to hear her perspective because again we're always looking at how can we not just make construction more appealing to the next generation of talent but actually construction is an appealing career so how do we let people know that um, and what I found really interesting speaking to her was that she said this is not just about telling young women about construction. She felt there was a really a lack of understanding about the different roles in construction uh, across all young people, all her peers, male and female. And I thought that was really interesting. Um, you know, is your research kind of taking in anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. I think another theme that was
1: strong and that came through strong was um, educating the educators. So even the educators, the uh, career guidance counsellors, the teachers in secondary school, I don't uh, don't think they fully understand the complexity and the diversity of the roles that are within the industry. And I suppose that came through the research that we really need to re-educate the career guidance counsellors and tell them this is what's on show, this is what's on offer, and you don't necessarily need to have manual skills now. You could have uh, really good computer gaming skills that are really transversible now into the industry. We see 3D construction printing as an example of that. It's an example of a combination of skill sets, not just manual um, or that physical kind of labor that's you know traditionally associated with construction. We're, we're talking about a diverse set of skills now that are required for this industry.
0: Um, It's interesting that you hone in on, say, the career guidance teachers because that's also a group that has been selected by um, MMC Ireland, which is the industry representative body for uh, those involved in kind of the procurement, uh, design and delivery of modern massive construction in Ireland. And it's the industry voice there. And uh, they have a working group on education. And part of the working group on education, they identified that actually, the career guidance teachers play such a huge role. And if they're not, if they don't appreciate the differences between the different roles so for example actually you know we talk about construction but do we only talk about in the context of trade or engineering uh, we're not really talking about in the context of if you want a career in technology and if you want a career in uh, immersive technologies like augmented reality and virtual reality if you're really into um geospatial um uh, geodata uh, geospatial data um if you're just if you've an interest in data analytics that these are all roles that actually you can have these roles and be a really a leader in these emerging spaces in construction and I think possibly that's the message that's not getting through but it's part of this cultural um you know in Ireland we certainly had a move towards more and more students going into third level education and we see that with the reduced number in apprenticeships is there maybe a stigma still attached to a career in construction?
1: Uh, It's a good point. And I think to some degree, it's true. I think there might be um, this kind of old um, idea of what construction is, this kind of traditional, um, it's full of white males, macho, strong, physical, you know, it's, it's kind of one of those industries that you, you know, you have to put up with the weather and the elements and all the rest, but, you know, we're saying actually the face of construction is changing. And, you know, with that comes changes in terms of the makeup of the industry as well. So that's why we see, you know, this as a an industry that's going to welcome everyone because everyone has a, a place and everyone has a part to play in this. We see that there's a housing crisis at the moment. We see that we need more labour. And how do we do that? Well, we need to ensure that we have enabling conditions to allow women to flourish, and, and not just women. We're talking about people with, um, you know, different backgrounds, different cultures. All of that will will create, like I suppose, an industry that is full of really good, creative, new ideas. And
0: I think that's what we need to face these like really difficult challenges that are ahead of us. How how can that be achieved? You know, how do we create this environment where women can flourish? I think um, like, you know, there's there's
1: many aspects to that, you know, on an individual level, you know, as women, as young women or as women that might want to transition mid-career, you really need to do the research. You know, you need to find out what it is that you actually want to do. And then secondly, what company do you want to work for and find out about that company? You know, what's their makeup? How many people are in, in that company? How many females are employed? What positions do they occupy? And I think that's really key as well, just doing your research and finding out about the company and its culture and its makeup. On an organizational level, what can an organization do? Well, they they can gender proof their organization, essentially. They can look at their recruitment policies. They can look at what attractive measures they've put in place to entice people into the industry. And I'm not just talking about women as well, because we know that there's a recruitment crisis, right? So really... I think when you're putting these actions into um, actions in place, you're not just enticing women in. You might be enticing a, a new generation of recruits that want meaningful work and who want to contribute positively to the built environment and to the construction industry. So I think recruitment, like when you gender proof, I think you actually are doing a, a service to everyone, not just women. Um, so that's that's another step that companies can take. But I do think as well they need to kind of um, Look at some systemic barriers as well. So the language that's employed in recruitment adverts, um, maternity leave policies, all of those kind of HR related aspects that could definitely, I suppose, attract women in, but also retain women, because that's key as well. We want to know that after I have a baby or you have a baby, that you can come back and that you're going to be supported to do your job. And I've looked at other industries as talking to industry experts in the accounting field and they're doing some really incredible work there where they're really making it easy for women to transition back in because they're offering flexi time. They're offering a nine to two work environment, you know, at the same rate of pain, you know, before they left, let's say. So I think, you know, we can look at best practice from other uh, industries as well and see what are they doing and how how have they
0: done it and incorporate that into the construction industry. Uh, there you know it it does seem like there's a huge body of work to be done, not just from a policy point of view but actually for 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 say for example, contractors on the ground because I know um you know you talk about maybe uh gender proofing your recruitment process uh, but actually, one of the things that we've heard quite repeatedly from say construction contractors in particular is that um they are very cognizant of this. So, but they don't have an opportunity; they feel to do anything because they're not getting applicants. Uh, they're not getting female uh, applicants applying for for roles that they're advertising. Um, now uh, you touched on there maybe there's some things like the language in the in the adverts. Um, but certainly, at at the moment, the construction companies that I'm talking to who genuinely know that this is important and want to do better, and quite frankly, there are. You know, there's definitely a cohort there that believes this is just another form of box ticking and they can't believe they have another uh, thing they have to comply with. And, and you know, they, they don't understand the value. They don't see the value. You know, they don't understand the the social value at all. But there are some who are genuinely they understand. They look around their boardrooms and they see the lack of diversity and they know The group think that that generates, so they know they want, they need diversity, but they're really struggling to get those applicants in the door. Like in terms of the toolkit and the inclusion reach and teach toolkit, will that be addressing kind of, I suppose, granular issues like that? Yeah, I think it will in the sense
1: of like this toolkit aims to, I suppose, equip the vocational education practitioners to have the information and the awareness of the barriers. And then it also is going to give the women, I suppose, a kind of curriculum to exceed and how to thrive in the industry. Um, you know, I think in that, then we will be looking at those in- issues for those companies that really are trying in the same where, where we're not getting the applicants. Well, we might have to rethink that and ask ourselves, Well, what are those roles that you're advertising? And is that just across the board that they're not appealing? You know, are they appealing to men equally as women? Um, and, and maybe it's about reframing the job title and the job role, being creative with your advertising, being creative with your social media to get people Attention and I suppose to attract people to some of those specific roles. We are in an age now where I suppose the more mundane tasks of any industry are being uh, replaced with automation and robotics. And I suppose we have to now reinvent some of the roles, the traditional roles that were there and replace them with something a little bit more interesting. People are all about, I suppose, progression or a lot of people I meet, they all kind of want to say, well, what's the next step? I get bored quite easily. You know, I two years doing the same job grant, but what's the next thing for me? You know, and I think people need to see that and the toolkit will definitely help with that and how you navigate the construction industry in terms of progression.
0: Mary, what was the most surprising thing that you learned through this research? I suppose it's not that it's surprising, but
1: like a lot of work is being done, but the industry themselves just aren't PR gurus, right? They don't really know how to relay that information to the public. So I think there's there's great work being done, actually. I talked to one company, uh, an Irish company, and we had a chat about this point. And his, he said to me that, well, you know, because sometimes these uh, companies were uh, family businesses. There was this element of we don't want to boast, or we don't want to seem like we're boasting. So that in itself can be an inhibitor, I suppose, of actually telling people, no, we are progressive. It's just we don't want to shout about it. But you know what I'd be saying to those companies is, you, you need to shout about it. Actually, you need to tell people what you're doing because otherwise, the women remain
0: invisible. You know, so that that was probably the biggest surprise. Um, unfortunately, that is symptomatic of what we see in the industry. It, is, it has long been my experience, and not just in construction, actually. It's in almost every every business that, you know, the people who have the greatest story to tell don't tell it. And then you've got maybe people shouting about accolades that don't need to be shouted about, you know, and, and it has always been that case. And actually, I think construction in general, they've been really poor advocates for themselves. Um, and I think some of that is kind of a hangover from the the crash that there was there was and not only was there not industry pride there was industry shame, and I think that that has changed how the industry communicates. It's very nervous. It's very cautious, even when it's doing a great job. In fact, only the last few days I was brought in um to to speak to a large a large company, and I knew it was a large company. I knew they were doing great work, and then I realised they're actually one of their fastest growing divisions is a division that people outside the company don't even know they work at, you know? And so there's so much work being done. Teams are growing at, at an enormous rate. You know, we're we're seeing that right now that the companies that are on a growth trajectory are on a, are on a fast growth trajectory. You know, there's the gap between those in the industry who are doing it well and those Mm. who aren't, that's widening. And it's, that's a, that's, interesting to me because i think the gap is become so has become so wide i it's difficult to see how the laggards are going to be able to jump the chasm at, mm-hmm. at any stage but i absolutely agree with you there's more amazing work being done than people talk about and um, how when do you expect to have the um the toolkit ready uh the toolkit that it's our first project results
1: one uh that Futurecast is working on in conjunction with Fundación. There are Spanish partners. That toolkit should be available within the next month and will be live on the website. Um, if you haven't got access to the website, it's www.femalesinconstruction.eu and that will give you all the up-to-date information on the project and where we're at. And yeah, this is a two-year project, so it will be finished or complete, I suppose, in March 2024. But that's not to say that... The website dies then that that website will be live with, uh, I suppose, up to date information, best practice, uh, a toolkit there for the vocational education practitioners, but also lots of podcasts, case studies uh, and information for any woman who's looking to come into the industry and also for any woman who's, you know, thinking about maybe a sidestep into construction uh, at mid-career level, then really this is going to be, I, I think, a really valuable resource for the, the industry and for uh, women
0: looking to get into the industry. Um, it, it's an amazing initiative, and I know you and the team there have done a, a huge amount of work, and it's such important work. Formally or informally, how will you measure the success of this? What, what are you hoping to see?
1: Yeah, so really it's through reach, I suppose, and through, you know, we're collecting data, I suppose, on the amount of shares, likes, social media posts, dissemination, um, and then I suppose visits to the website, uh, downloads of the toolkit, all of those will will have their own measures. Um, but I do have some notes here, I suppose, on, on in terms of actual numbers. So like the teach toolkit for the vocational education um, practitioners. We're hoping to reach about two hundred of those. So I know they're they're you know they might seem like small numbers, but that's kind of the minimum that we hope. And then you know if 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 it's more than that, that's fantastic. Um, we would be looking to reach one hundred and sixty leaders in construction companies, and I think that would be so so valuable if you had construction companies. Uh, having a look at the resources here to say do you know what we need to implement a gender action plan well then I think this is you know it's definitely worth it it's, it's definitely worth a uh, while for the construction industry and then we want to reach 270 women in the industry so that would be a lovely uh, output for us that uh, 270 women have availed of these resources and have entered the industry at some level, whether that's at entry level or whether that's uh, mid-career. And I hope, um, you know, within that, we will be able to have some kind of information coming back to us to let us know at what stage they
0: entered, because I think that's important data as well to collect. Um, Mary, I, I'm genuinely watching this research with interest. I think it is n- not just is the information important, but I think there has never been a more important time um, for us as an industry to get a handle on this. And I, I really believe you're pushing an open door. I genuinely believe the appetite is there. I, I see it when I'm speaking to, to people in construction. There's an understanding that, that absolutely, um, this is the right thing to do. And there's a benefit to the industry in doing it. And uh, as you said, we've got a skills crisis at the moment that we absolutely need all of the talent that we can attract into this industry. So I wish you the very best of luck with that. And we are absolutely happy to support you in any way that we can. Um, And I'm sure others in the industry will feel the same way because, you know, it really is a case of a a rising tide lifts all boats as much, talent as we can attract into this industry improves the industry for everybody so thank you to yourself and thank you to the team for all the research that you're doing there and certainly we'll be happy to to help and support in any way that we can and we look forward to maybe chatting to you again in a few months time when the toolkit has been started to be used by the industry and maybe start to chart some of the experiences that the industry is having
1: Absolutely. I'd be delighted to do that, Carol. Thanks a million for the opportunity to to speak about the project today.
0: My pleasure, Mary. Thank you so much. That was Mary Whitney, Director of Education for Futurecast. Um, My thanks to show producer Katie Tallon and to the production team at Hear Me Roar Media on Sound. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast and check out all of the other real estate and construction shows on iProperty Radio. Before we go, just a special word of thanks to our sponsor, Place Engage, using immersive technologies uh, for a more data-driven platform for your next um, successful, uh, uh, your next development. Um, So thank you to Place Engage for making these conversations possible. And thank you indeed for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode of Breaking Ground on iProft Radio.